Michigan comes up short again in a key road game. Harbaugh finally makes sense during his press conference, and the monsters of the keyboard disgustingly attack Ronnie Bell. I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor. Michigan fans for episode eight of the M Factor. Thanks for listening. Boy, what a heartbreaking loss for the Wolverines this past Saturday night. But Michigan fans seems to be taking a silver lining from this game for once. We will go over the game as well as Harbaugh statements and the terrible nonsense that Ronnie Bell had to endure through and after the game. We get another good one coming this Saturday against ND. But first, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Make sure to leave us a review and, as always, a five-star rating to help skyrocket the M Factor in the rankings so us Michigan Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Let's keep Stevenson 2 rocking. I appreciate the sport. Let's commence Episode 8. It was a heartbreaker in Happy Valley this past Saturday with the Wolverines going down 21 to 28, as most of you know, unless you were living under a rock Saturday night. And talk about a tale of two halves. The Wolverines won in almost every aspect of the game except for, of course, turnovers. We only had one, but Penn State had zero. And, of course, the main stat, the only one that counts is the score, right? Uh, but, goodness, I'm sure I, 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 I'm not sure if I have ever been just so disgusted in one half and then an absolute 180 in the second half, play their best football all year easily, easily their two and a half uh, best quarters of football all season long. For them to come back from 21 points in easily one of the toughest places to play in the country at night, white out, crazy crowd, got to give them a lot of credit. They stepped up. The young men went out and did their jobs the second half, great adjustments, and I mean, they, they took that crowd of, actually, there was about 110,000. They took them right out of the game. They owned, like I mentioned, two and a half quarters of that game. But dang, it, that slow start and and not Ronnie Bell hurts them again. Where has that second half been all season? It's rather frustrating. But let's get into some stats and the box score really quick. It was Michigan 21, Penn State 28 in Happy Valley Saturday night. First downs, Michigan dominates 26 to 14. Third down efficiency, solid, 7 of 17, 4 of 13 for Penn State. Fourth down, they're 50%, 2 of 4. Penn State never went for it. Total yards, look at this, 417 to 283. Again, just dominate. Their defense looked great, basically all game except for the first the first quarter. Passing, it was Michigan 276 to Penn State 182, and you take away that one big touchdown pass, which we'll get into a bit in a little bit later here. And they dominate that stat as well. Completions per attempts, 21 of 41 for Michigan, 14 of 25. Again, not a great game in terms of efficiency for either quarterback. We'll get into the individual stats here in a little bit. Rushing, it was Michigan, 141 and 101. I mean, they held Penn State to 101 rushing yards. That certainly wasn't the case two years ago in Happy Valley with Saquon Barkley. I think he had about 1,000 yards in the first half against Michigan that game. So a very good improvement right there. Penalties, 8 for 48. We will get into the officiating here in a little bit. Again, it's it's never it's never a reason for losing the game unless you're a Lions fan, uh, which I happen to be, and you take that Monday night game. Boy, two bad officiating games in one week for, for Michigan teams, never a good thing. 
Penalty or uh, turnovers, it was one to nothing. So Michigan loses in the turnover battle. But one, that one interception, not terrible. Didn't lose them the game, of course. But you still got to, Shea, you got to, can't throw that INT. That just severely hurts your passer rating. And that was, that was, that was a big one. So time of possession, Michigan just absolutely dominates this one as well. 37 minutes, 45 seconds for the Wolverines to 22 minutes. 15 seconds for the Nittany Lions. I mean, almost doubled it. You just, if you were to look at this score, you would have been like, Michigan wins this one easily. I'm not even saying by a nail biter. I'm saying easily on all these stats, except for maybe the one turnover. Every single aspect of the game, they pretty much dominated, except for the turnovers and the penalties. And again, we'll get into the penalties here in a little bit. Let's head on over to the box score, the play or uh, the uh, player stats. Shea Patterson. Probably one of his best games of the season, 24-41. Again, not the greatest efficiency, but guess what he started doing? He was passing the ball to set up that run, set up that read option, and look what happened. He ended up pulling it every once in a while. He did have 12 carries for 34 yards and a a touchdown to go along with it. He had a 13-yard run. A couple of those he got tripped up, could have went farther. But I was very impressed with his play, especially in the second half. Again, tail of two halves, like I mentioned, the second half of this game looked like the Michigan that we expected all year. Uh, and, and Shea Patterson was part of that. His QBR wasn't the greatest because he didn't have a touchdown pass, but still 276 yards. That's not terrible, especially against a very good Penn state defense in the whiteout. I mean, come on, they, they stepped it up in the second half. Zach Charb, uh, Michigan rushing Zach Charbonnet, 15 carries for 81 yards. Again, they started to pass the ball to set up the run and vice versa. That's how offense works, folks. That's exactly what they should have been doing all year long. There were a couple stories out there that Shea Patterson's oblique muscle was finally feeling about 100%. He had been injured. I'm not sure if I believe that. I'm just saying that story is out there, so that verdict is for you Michigan fans to decide. Uh, Personally, I thought he was favoring it uh, or he was pouting. Remember, I've said that almost every week. He just does not look the same. He did not look the same at the very start of the season. I think it it was that very first play that he supposedly got injured, right? So this game, if if that's how he's going to play the rest of the season, things are looking up definitely. That's the the silver lining for this game is uh, things are definitely looking up. I think that's why Michigan fans were not, of course, disappointed, but not too severely disappointed. Uh, I hate using the term moral victory, but it kind of was kind of like how you felt after the Lions-Kansas City game, right? Hey, we can compete, and it was just a totally different Michigan team that second half. Michigan receiving, Nico Collins led in yardage with six receptions, 89 yards. Ronnie Bella, four receptions, 71 yards. And Urbanks and DPJ both had about 47 yards. And finally, Eubanks, the the tight end, look what happens. They actually pass a few underneath routes, if you guys didn't notice. That was impressive. That was good to see. We haven't seen it all year, and look what happens. They start using that underneath route. It It was great to see. But I will allude to this, and not just Ronnie Bell, the drop passes. This is part, this will be part of my game thoughts and part of the M factors uh, with a with a new stat that my buddy Veach and I uh, came up with Saturday night. Uh, we think you guys will enjoy it. But let's move on to the Michigan defense. It was Quiddy Pay again with a great game, 10 total tackles. He had a half a, half a tackle for loss. Uh, in terms of sacks, it was Cam McGrone with one. Uh, Josh Shea had one. Uh, so only two sacks on the Penn State quarterback. 
And not not great, but still, like I mentioned, the if you take you take away that first half. I know it's a whole game. You take away that first half. They definitely ended on a high note, except for that, obviously, the Ronnie Bell uh, drop there. Um, so great job to the Michigan defense. No INTs for the defense. Only one kick return and that came out for 10 yards. DPJ had five punt returns. Only he, he has to pick it up. He has not been as elusive or athletic as he was last year. Maybe the injury is still nagging him a little bit, but only along a 14 yards. Yeah, again, tough place to play. So Jake Moody was over one on field goals, but did have the three extra points. And Will Hart with five punts, average 46 yards with a long of 51. Stats to take away from this game are, of course, Shea Patterson playing the second half and that box score of the second half. I would, I, I wish I could break it down into halves. I probably could uh, real quick in the play-by-play, but uh, we only have about 40 minutes on the show. So let's face it, you you – I would love to see the team stats uh, from the first half to the second half and vice versa for, for Penn state, right? If you could easily say, well, take a look at Penn state's first half stats compared to Michigan's first half stats. Fair enough. Well played, but it's how the end of the game. And I really like what I saw moving forward to this next weekend's big one, the big clash with the Irish. Unfortunately, this loss kind of knocks Michigan out of the big 10 race. Unless let's face it all Armageddon, uh, bus out in the Big Ten East. You need Penn State to lose what three? Yeah, because they'd hold the they hold the tiebreaker against Michigan. Uh, you definitely need a little help from Wisconsin over Ohio State this coming weekend. That's a big game, but not as big as we'll we'll talk about earlier. I'm sure most of you already know uh, the Wisconsin loss to Illinois, but that doesn't really matter in the Big Ten East. But we. There's, you know, now they're playing for the rivalry games. They're playing for that win. Honestly, it's a successful season if Michigan can beat Notre Dame, Michigan State, and at least make it a game against Ohio State. We said it at the beginning of the year. I think on the A to G show, actually, we had a question on, would you rather have Michigan go, what, five and seven, but beat Michigan State and Ohio State in the season? What a question. What a question. Right now it's feeling like so. That would be the only major major positive of the season is if we can take down Ohio State you know imagine them coming in undefeated and just like the old Cooper days right the old uh, mid early mid late 90s there imagine how awesome that would be to uh, knock them off out of the playoffs and maybe knock them out of even the Big Ten championship if uh, Penn State uh, continues to run the table uh, you never know uh, that's uh, from what I saw they can definitely compete but boy is Ohio State good uh, I saw uh, shades of uh, improvement, major improvement in that second half, and really a lot of the second quarter as well. So we're talking, yeah, two and a half quarters of football, almost three quarters of football. They played very, very well. And let's let's go into some of the game thoughts real quick. The, that environment was insane is all I have to say. What a show it would be. I really want to go to a whiteout at Penn State. For those of you that didn't see it on TV or for those of you that have ever been to a whiteout, Oh my goodness! It has to be one of the best, the best openings in college football, if not the best. Uh, of course, I'm a little partial to Michigan running out and slapping the banner, but I can't imagine. I would love to see the decibel level there when Penn State is rolling out of the tunnel in the whiteout, and those fireworks are going off all around the stadium. Unbelievable! And the inability for Michigan to come out gunning really gets them. It got them in a hole this game, and that's been the case pretty much all season. They've yet to be able to play from a lead to start the game. 
it's unbelievable except Iowa and look they won that one right we were hoping the in the big games anyway we were hoping that they could come out on defense actually here at the uh, M Factor watch party uh, here in the M Factor studios we were hoping they could come out on defense first and try to silent that crowd or at least not intensify it instead of struggling on offense you know maybe going a three and out and getting that crowd even more riled up but of course no such luck they lose the toss have to receive uh, well played by Penn State I alluded to this earlier. The officiating was, again, terrible. Now, I'm not saying we lost the game because of the refs, but certain bad calls in certain situations, key situations, will change the game, folks. If a lot of you Sparty fans out there, oh, typical Michigan fan blaming the refs. You, I'm not. I, we rarely blame the refs for the loss, but it definitely changes the game. You cannot argue that. That, that offsetting pass interference, what the heck was that? I didn't even know. I mean, that was that was terrible. The fourth down call. Some of the calls just it, it looked like, and you know you're not going to get them. You know you're not going to get them. You can figure on maybe two, what? You figure two, three close calls that could really go either way. They'll probably go to the home team. But these were blatant, just terrible calls, uh, similar to the Lions game, not obviously as, as detrimental and not obviously as many as them as that Lions-Packers uh, Monday night game. Uh, last Monday, but come on, it was, it was, again, the big 10 has to do something about this officiating because it's been awful for everyone. I'm not just going to say it's against Michigan. The The big 10 officiating this year for everyone has been awful. The big 10 needs to do something about that. You're, you make hundreds of millions of dollars probably as a conference, hire these full-time refs, get, get your own refing in the big 10 and same thing for basketball. Get, you know, these guys go to different conferences Every other night, you know, you got what insurance agents that do it part time, get the refs just just like the pros. Like I'm, they, the pros need to do the same thing because officiating the past couple of years has just been going down and down and down. Again, not the reason they lost, but it certainly certainly did not. Uh, it, it definitely changes the game. And of uh, Shea, another uh, key to the game was uh, Shea steps up and looked like the Shea of old, as I mentioned earlier. And it was the emotion, not just the athleticism that we know Shea has. It was the emotion. He finally looked like a leader out there. He was excited. He was getting in people's faces. He was, he was hyped when they'd score, uh, when they'd score, he was, uh, you know, just looked almost cocky out there, which he loved to see. That was what he looked like last year against Penn state. If it wasn't for the drop passes, he had really one mistake on that INT, but his passer rating would have been excellent if his, receivers uh, could have made the plays right he was placing the ball exactly where it needed to be but the guys just weren't making the plays for him especially in that first half and of course a few uh, key ones in that second half there was maybe one blunder that whole second half and that's where Hawkins got stuck on literally the fastest guy in the field if not the conference were crying out loud and Clifford just uh, the Penn State quarterback just put it right on the numbers for the TD Harbaugh did say that that was uh, that was on the call that Don Brown messed up but take away that and, and uh, it was a pretty flawless second half minus the drop pass which let's not beat around the bush Michigan was dropping passes all game uh, they actually had like eight drop passes uh, the entire uh, all four quarters so these these receivers these receivers are NFL caliber folks all of them uh, Collins Bell DPJ the, uh, Tariq Black these guys can these guys can go pro and they just weren't making the plays and that's sad. You can't do that, like I mentioned, especially in the first half against Penn State in that hostile, hostile environment. Let's move on to the M-Factors. I'm going to do the negatives first, and number one is 
the new stat that my buddy Vich and I came up with uh, right before the game, actually when it first happened. And that is what we call the MB, the MO, the missed opportunities. We were basically telling them up all game. And these are things that you just can't afford to not capitalize on. Again, it's not mistakes. It's just things that, you know, if you, you have to make those type of plays uh, in, in a game like this, and especially when you're on the road as the underdog, it's just things that really need to go, not just go your way, but make a big play, you know, missed opportunities. Those drop passes were one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start doing this every game because it was 12 to two in missed opportunities, Penn state having two missed opportunities. And we tallied up 12 for Michigan. Basically we mark it down as we see fit. We kind of vote on them and, uh, I'm sure we'll be doing that the rest of the season. It was actually kind of fun certain things like drop passes in certain situations, not just a drop pass, but in key situations, misreads by the quarterback or the, the, the DBs, uh, miscoverages, not recovering a fumble when it's right there, dropping an INT, calling a fair catch when there's room to run, inadvertent timeouts, like uh, right off the bat, they, they call the timeout. How does that happen? Well, that, was, <laughs> that, that set the tone for that first quarter. Michigan comes right out after receiving the kick and has to call a timeout because they almost get a delay game. Can't have that happen, folks. And that uh, 12 to two ratio was not going to go well for the Wolverines, but it's amazing. They still had a chance to tie it at the end and possibly win an OT. So uh, they, they limit those MOs, those missed opportunities. Let's, let's pass it around folks. Maybe uh, ESPN or FS one or Fox will adapt that, that new stat, the missed opportunities, you know, kind of like an error or a hit in baseball is kind of a, a judgment call, but nonetheless, you're going to start seeing, I guarantee if uh, you've listened to this show, you're going to start, really looking for those and uh, let me know what you guys see because it was, it was 12 to two for, uh, in our, in our opinion, my positive goes to one player and one player only. And that is Ronnie bell for the way he handled himself after the game as a young man, the character and emotion he showed not only after the drop pass, but after the game, especially after what he had to endure on social media, uh, which we will discuss in the next segment here earns him my utmost respect and certainly deserves it from all of you in Michigan Nation. So that said, let's move right into that. The Ronnie Bell stuff, just, just disgusting. First of all, shame on any of you that is blaming this young man on the loss. Uh, it didn't help. He does need to catch that ball. He's a D1, he's a Michigan athlete. Uh, yes, you do need to come up with that. But holy smokes, folks. Some of the comments on social media were just disgusting. Threatening his life, threatening life to his family. Uh, injuries, um, you know, bodily harm, and just the the verbal abuse. I, I can't believe it. Let's not forget this. This what is he? Twenty years old. He's a young man, if not nineteen. He's a young man. We get so lost in the game that we forget that these 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 are kids and not professional athletes. They're representing a school, sacrificing their bodies, time, and effort so we can all enjoy our fall Saturdays and cheer on our teams and have watch parties and have a few adult beverages. Come on, folks, these kids deserve our respect. And don't forget their kids, like I mentioned. This is just a, as terrible as the, the punter got against Sparty a few years back when he dropped that kick. Trust me, I, I take Michigan football very passionately, sometimes too seriously. But that's crossing the line like this is just sickening, and I'm ashamed of some of the fans. Harbaugh rightly took to the defense, and to be honest, most, most true Michigan fans did. Um, I know a lot of my friends, I know a lot of you out there on Twitter uh, that I follow, a lot of you follow this show, uh, really appreciate the positive attitude that you had towards Ronnie Bell. Hopefully you could uh, read those comments and not some of the nastiness 
uh, all of the the grief that Ronnie was getting. Uh, Harbaugh rightfully took defense. He stated we would take as many Ronnie Bells as possible on this team. And spot on, Harbaugh. Absolutely spot on. He is a great, great wide receiver. Made a mistake in a in a key situation. And honestly, that's one of the most sane things Harbaugh has said all season in his press conferences. Uh, it's no laughing matter, but I'll, I'll be honest. There was a there was a great black and white picture of Ronnie kneeling before the game, to which he said he was he was praying actually after the game, alluding to his faith in God to help him handle the situation and disappointment of not making that catch. N- not to mention uh, help him through the the wrath that he caught on social media. Good on Ronnie Bell, and if you haven't uh, haven't uh, taken a look or got a glimpse of that picture, uh, it was on a lot of social media. It was on Twitter. Uh, they were from a, a freelance photographer named Zoe Holmstrom, I believe, or Holmstorm. Uh, she did a great job of capturing the true feeling of sports on on some of these photos and some amazing black and whites. Her Twitter handle Twitter handle is at Zoe underscore Quinn Q U I N N. So go check those out. They really are. It's a, an amazing when you're a photographer and you can actually you don't even need any um, audio or video to really understand what is happening in the game, what is happening in these guys' life. When you're a photographer, you have that natural ability to show real life in a still frame. That is a gift. Uh, great job, Zoe, on some of those pictures, uh, on most of those pictures. I saw, I saw you, had a, you had many great photos of not only that game, but uh, she went to U of M, and, and uh, great job, Zoe. So hopefully, hopefully we can get you on there. Uh, Hopefully you can comment on the show or something like that if you listen to this. A shout-out to you. Uh, I will say this. I am so hoping uh, this Saturday, for those of you going to the game, uh, this Saturday night, those watching on TV, all of Michigan Nation, give Ronnie Bell that standing ovation on his first catch. I hope the big house just erupts because it's the right thing to do, and that young man deserves it for how he has handled this past week. So go Ronnie Bell. All of us are hoping for basically a career game for you, bud. Well, there was, uh, let's move on um, to some more uplifting. Uh, there were some other interesting action in the Big Ten, uh, other interesting games in the Big Ten this past Saturday, including that huge upset in Champaign. Holy smokes. Let's do a quick rundown. OSU continues to d- just roll through the Big Ten, uh, beating Northwestern on Friday night, actually, 52-3. to I don't know what it is with our uh, two rivals playing on uh, high school nights. I guess they feel it's when they get the most coverage. I mean, I, I don't even think I can say that about Ohio State. But Michigan said, let's let's not even go there. Big one this Saturday, though, but not as uh, big now as is uh, big now nationally. Anyway, as Wisconsin then heads to Columbus, so go Badgers. Hopefully, they can bounce back and help out the Wolverines a little bit. Iowa bounced back against Purdue, twenty six to twenty, to end their uh, two game slide. Indiana continues to beat the teams that they should really for thirty four twenty eight over Maryland and. Minnesota continues the roll, remaining undefeated, defe- uh, undefeated, beating Rutgers High School 42-7. to I'm actually kind of excited to see them uh, play someone, uh, you know, that, that uh, can, can kind of compare with them. But they have, they, they've won the games that, they, that have been scheduled so far. So congrats to P.J. Fleck and the crew over there. They take over the lead in the Big Ten West after that Wisconsin blunder, but not sure how long that – well, that lasts as they still do have Penn State and Wisconsin, of course. And uh, for obviously those of you who don't know, uh, the Badgers went down uh, to Champaign and got beat on a last-second field goal by Illinois, the Fighting Illini, the team that Michigan just beat in the same stadium. 
Yeah, Wisconsin, obviously a look ahead or a letdown game. Looking ahead to Ohio State, you know, you never know how these kids are going to react in games like this. And you could almost sense something kind of weird, you know, right at the start of that game. Wisconsin just didn't have the juice, and they just looked they looked like a mediocre team. Illinois played their guts out, and congrats to the Illini. Great win for them. Let's head on over to the rankings after the week. It, uh, Michigan or Iowa remains at uh, went, moved up three actually to number twenty. Michigan fell to nineteen. Minnesota leapfrogs uh, both Iowa and Michigan up to seventeen, so, and rightfully so. They deserve it. Wisconsin dropped to thirteen, and then we had Penn State moving up one to number six, and Ohio State moving up number one to number three in the country. They uh, flip flop with Clemson, which is not surprising. Clemson not looking the greatest. But, again, they need to – I think they're just getting bored this season, to be honest with you. They need to play someone. That ACC is terrible this year. So, this weekend, looking ahead, only uh, – let's see, what do we got? Only two big games on the Big Ten schedule. As mentioned, Wisconsin will head to Ohio State, which is at noon on Fox. I'm just shocked it's a noon game, but it is Ohio State. So, obviously, not going to lose any sleep over it. But what's up with Ohio State? AD scheduling these crap games. I mean, you, you you didn't think going into the season that Ohio State Wisconsin game was going to be a big one. I mean, at least give your give your kids some time to party and tailgate a little bit. Good lord! And of course, the Michigan ND. Even though there are no Big Ten implications, but still a big primetime game against a historic rival in Michigan. It's going to be rocking at the Big House. I hope and uh, Notre Dame. Uh, we are 2-0 in night games at the Big House against Notre Dame. I've actually had the privilege of going to both of those. And that first one with Denard Robinson, who can forget that, uh, is actually at the 10-yard line right in that corner of the end zone where uh, they, they scored that winning touchdown. Just incredible. They had the, the maze pom-poms out. That's I mentioned that to someone earlier that, you know, when Michigan tries to do the maze outs, they, they kind of fail. I mean, the student section does a great job, but with the – uh, the older crowd at Michigan games, and don't get me wrong, they've gotten louder over the years. A lot of that is attributed to the design of the add-ons to Michigan Stadium, but that was the mazest of maze out that I've ever seen at Michigan Stadium, and they need to do that again. They need to bust out the pom-poms and just give out free pom-poms. I think I had like four of them just swinging them all game and everyone around me, and it just look, it's quite a spectacle to see, kind of like the whiteout, but if that, you know, you got 114,000 people rocking those maze pom-poms it's pretty cool i i gotta say it's it's pretty cool so maybe they'll do that this this weekend i'm not sure uh you know again since it's not a huge game a lot of times that michigan notre dame game is early in the season i do like the fact that it is midway through the season kind of gives you a big 10 break but it's a rival and uh, well speaking of rivals let's head into this week's rival annoyance <laughs> This one actually was shown to me by my buddy Veach. Yes, that same Veach that uh, came up with the the MO, the missed opportunity stat. And I was instantly annoyed, of course. Shot me a text, uh, received it from Sir Viche, and it was a picture of a Groupon post. Forget this, folks. MSU football tickets for this weekend against Penn State. Penn State, a top 10 team in the country for 50% off of $50 tickets. So, $25 tickets at Sparty Stadium this weekend, folks. If that place is not packed, which, to be honest, I already know it's not going to be because it rarely ever is unless it's a friggin' night game or something, this is exactly what I've alluded to so many times. First off, 
Sparty fans instantly give in on their teams. Actually, just the sniff of adversity. And I say actually give in to adversity because, yes, us Michigan fans can be rather harsh on the squad, but never, never turn on them. How loyal were we through the Brady Hoke, through the Rich Rod years? That stadium was still packed, still over 100,000. The loyalty of Michigan fans is probably the, one of the main reasons. Uh, one, most people hate Michigan fans, right? And two, one of the main reasons I am a Michigan fan. The family, my friends, everyone is so loyal to this team. And that is something you just don't see in Michigan State football. So I don't want to hear this relevance nonsense. Sparty football is not relevant, even to their fans. All you Sparty fans know that it's still football season, right? Did, did you guys not know? Uh, I know you guys had a bye week last week. Thank God you didn't have to lose, right? All I've heard this week is how your B-ball team is preseason number one in the AP poll. Congrats, guys. Way to go. Uh, I didn't know it was basketball season already. I know Sparty fans that turn on the the basketball team, too, when they are average, and that is just mind-blowing. Crickets about the game against number six, Penn State. And and you guys are selling tickets for $25. Uh, I mean, what a a steal. I don't think you can get into some nice high school stadiums for – for $25. Are you kidding me? I guess if uh, you and the fam want to watch some football this weekend and save some money, you better stay in Friday night. Uh, you know, don't watch any of the, the games. What is it? Oh, it's the ninth week here in Michigan. Uh, so next week are playoffs for Michigan. So yeah, you might want to stay in Friday night and then just head to Spartan stadium Saturday for some nice cheap entertainment. $25. Just unbelievable. I mean, why don't they just give them away for free? Didn't they do that once? Like the first, uh, like 5,000 fans, so almost the capacity of the stadium. Didn't they almost give away, like, tickets for free? I'm pretty sure they did. Someone someone let me know about that because that's just hilarious. I'm not surprised. The, the The best part is they still won't fill the stadium. Keep an eye on it, folks. I guarantee it. Keep an eye on those upper bowls, those upper whatever you call them. Uh, I guarantee they'll be empty. They'll be sparse. And, again, this is against Penn State, folks. It's almost a top 10 or a top 5 team in the country. It's unbelievable. Penn State. Michigan State is, I mean, yeah, technically they're out of the running too, but if they can beat Penn State and Ohio State and then uh, and, and finish with you know two losses in the Big Ten, who knows? Who knows what can happen in the Big Ten East? It's insane. They, they just, MSU football just, is, just has been screaming relevance for the past two decades, and it's what a joke. It is what a joke. You cannot tell me that they are relevant. This might be D'Antonio's last year. I'm sorry, he might be setting it up to leave. You know, two bad years in a row. I don't see them beating Michigan. I don't see them beating Penn State. I certainly didn't see them beating Wisconsin or Ohio State. Uh, they're, they're just not that good a team this year, and they weren't last year. Their quarterbacks are terrible. Their defense is not what it used to be. Their defense, I think, might be actually be worse than last year. This is, this could be the final year for D'Antonio, and don't get me wrong. I always thought D'Antonio was a solid coach, but this is just not looking good for you Sparties. So that is this weekend's rival annoyance. Okay, so now let's move on to a game where tickets are no less than triple figures. That's right, folks. We're talking in the $115 range. That's right. Michigan returns back to the big house this Saturday for another night game to face the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That game will be on ABC again this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Uh, A lot of Halloween parties going on this weekend, I know. Let's get into some of the uh, predictors. Actually, Michigan. Michigan favored by by one. Uh, the last I saw, and to be the last I 
And uh, the predict- they got a. It's weird because Notre Dame still has a sixty-two point two percent chance of winning. Uh, it is at the Big House, so you figure. You know, I think you get on the on the stat line. I think you get like what three points if you're at home. So really, kind of a Notre Dame favored by two, but that's you know that's not the line. So uh, basically, you take Michigan straight up, and let's get into some of the head-to-head comparisons. A uh, book for Notre Dame has been playing great this season, but. Shea Patterson's right there with him in yardage, even though he's thrown about 34 more times. Uh, but 15 or uh, 14, 19 for Book in terms of yardage to 15, 22 for Shea Patterson. 14 TDs for Book, nine TDs for Patterson, and four INTs for Patterson. But again, I, I really think it's the overall turnovers that really hurt Shea Patterson. Didn't have him in the second half, folks. Let's see how. Let's see if he can keep it going. Hopefully, either he got his head out of his butt. Or that injury is healed. We shall see. Charbonnet and T. Jones Jr., pretty equal again. 557 total yards for Jones Jr., Charbonnet with 457, all day Charbonnet. And our leading receiver, Ronnie Bell, of course. Let's let's bring it back to him. 24 receptions, 432 yards this year. Claypool for Notre Dame with 27 receptions, 394 yards. So, come on. Uh, points per game right there. Notre Dame at 39.2 Michigan at 29 points allowed per game, 19 to 16.8. So not, not a terrible difference. Not like the Michigan Penn state uh, Penn state was almost uh, was insanely better than them in every statistic going into that game last Saturday. So uh, passing yards, 262, 237 rushing yards, 188 to 154. You know, it's not, it's, it's, pr- it's fairly equal. It's not terrible. It's not so lopsided. Like I mentioned, uh, like it was against Wisconsin and Penn State. Uh, uh, Notre Dame has that one loss against Georgia, and I will be honest, I'll give credit where credit is due. Notre Dame did look good against Georgia, and that was at Georgia. That's their only loss. Uh, that's their only loss of the season. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough game. Luckily, Michigan coming off that, coming off a good, if you want to say a good loss. Um, you know, they are 2-0 in night games against Notre Dame. Maybe a little payback for last year's game when they, you know, I know we hit Notre Dame at the start of the season as well, so they had some things to work out, as did we. But I really thought that we kind of, if you listen to episode two of season one of the M Factor, you'll note that I I felt we outplayed Notre Dame last year. Just it was at Notre Dame, and we had a few bad breaks, and that's how it goes, right? So, this Saturday, I am very, very excited. The The girlfriend's flying in from Denver Friday night, and it's going to be awesome. Probably have a little watch party here at the M-Factor Studios, but I know there's a lot of Halloween parties. But come on, folks. It's Michigan-Notre Dame. Put your butts in the, the seats or get your butt to Ann Arbor. Tailgate. Start as early as you can. Get the big house rocking. Pick for this Saturday's game, Michigan 24 Notre Dame 23. I got Michigan winning by one. I'm taking it's kind of kind of cheesy, I know, but I'm not I'm not betting against this Michigan team, especially after what I saw last Saturday in the second half against Penn State. So go blue again. Get to the stadium, go have fun, make that place rocking. And again, if Ronnie Bell, once he gets that first catch, and you know he will, God, I, I just hope it's a touchdown. That would be fantastic. You give him a standing ovation. I know I will. Salute them, whatever you need. I mean, don't salute them. That's disrespectful to the military. But uh, just he's endured a lot this week. Let's make him feel proud to be a Michigan Wolverine. 
Let's get back at it, folks. So that will conclude this week's M Factor. Again, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Leave us that review, five-star rating, and help us out. Make sure to tell all your friends, family, any Michigan fans about the podcast. Also, when you see this posted on Facebook or Twitter, make sure you give it a share. Share it with some of your friends. Uh, just get the word out. I am creating the M Factor page on Facebook. Uh, just, you know, I got to kind of do everything myself with this show. So uh, it does take a little time. Uh, considering this is just a hobby, it's definitely not my day job. So uh, it just takes a little bit of time to design everything and get it up there. So uh, that will be going on. And next week, hopefully, I did promise last week that I was going to be Facebook Live this episode. But again, I'm about three quarters of the way to getting all of the broadcast, uh, the broadcast designs and stuff and all the visuals ready to go. So hopefully next week, folks, and hopefully we'll be, you know, celebrating a nice little win over the rival Notre Dame. Fighting Irish would be a big win, It'd be a big one for Harbaugh, get him back on track, get him on that winning pattern, and then we'll, uh, we got a, a lackluster game, then we got off week, then we got Sparty, and then another, we got, uh, we'll have Ohio State at the end of the season again. So let's get this win and uh, start this rivalry tour. We'll start it off right, right, folks? So probably uh, just if you, if you are heading to the game, folks, be safe. Have a good time. As always, thanks for listening, you guys. I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Go Blue. <laughs>